Was 9-11 the start of the globalist agenda? Last year was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and it got me thinking. It got me thinking about all the lies that we've been fed by our governments and mainstream media in that time period. What initially unfolded in the aftermath of 9-11 was a reaction of horror to what amounted to be the biggest terror attack on American soil in American history. In the weeks that followed though, many people started to ask questions, among them engineers from around the world. I had questions of my own too, as I watched live on the BBC, along with a few other US news channels reporting the collapse of Building 7, a good 20 minutes before it actually happened. You could see the building still standing in the BBC live feed, which was the moment an idea was created in my own mind, screaming something doesn't quite add up. Engineers worldwide explained that buildings just do not collapse, even when hit by a plane. There are strict scientific principles and rules about energy and conservation of momentum that have to be followed, and then there are modes of failure. Steel frame structures normally deform once their yield point is reached. The failures are predictable. They don't just disintegrate unless you apply energy in a way that makes failure possible. Controlled demolition seemed the only possible answer to the failure mode that we all witnessed that day. Partial collapse maybe but a total collapse and disintegration like that which occurred just didn't seem possible. The story gets even stranger, especially with the regard to the collapse of Building 7 that didn't receive any impact damage. It doesn't matter how you want to dress this up, conspiracy theory or terror attack, the towers fell for a reason, and it wasn't down to planes alone. Now looking back 21 years at all the evidence the internet now provides, it's not really that hard to come to some kind of a conclusion that this attack on America was constructed by people still operating within US politics and still running our world through mega corporations. Today, we call them the globalists. Looking back today with all things COVID, I now look at the 9-11 attack as the beginning of the end game for the globalist agenda. After 9-11, the US began the war on terror. It was the beginning of the original fear campaign. First Al-Qaeda and then ISIS. <clears throat> now these organizations were all born out of American policies Osama bin Laden was funded to fight Russian forces in Afghanistan by the CIA originally. 
and ISIS was born out of the remnants of the Iraq war. The war on terror led to three major things happening around the world. One, the increasing use of the surveillance state. Two, the militarization of our police forces. And three, the changes to laws to support the counter-terrorism narrative. These three things are now very important to the final chapter. This leads us neatly to the ongoing fear campaigns. One, the war on COVID and other deadly biomedical threats. And two, the campaign to save the planet from apparently the deadly effects of CO2. The war on COVID has already led to a massive restriction on our human rights and freedoms. Regardless of the recent lifting of restrictions, the end game still remains the same. Eventually, these freedoms will only be loaned back to you on the basis that you comply with future vaccinations and you get a digitalized passport and a digital ID with, along with a digital bank account using digital money. What the war on terror and COVID has enabled are the laws and tools to control any populist kickback or dissent. <clears throat> In America, they have already marked out many as domestic terrorists just for their stance on vaccination. Now with a militarized police force, it's gonna be so much easier to keep people in check and to control the masses. The USA is perhaps the only Western country in the world where the masses have the weaponry to fight back. Locking people up for acts of terror is now a much easier task and the surveillance state now has its eye on everyone. Over in France, lawyers have been arrested for suggesting that crimes against humanity are being committed. Professor Luc Montagnier sadly and suspiciously died before he could testify any further on the genetic work that had occurred in the making of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and its links to HIV and malaria. Was he another victim of the Big Pharma Mafia hit squad? This is a world problem. As we have already seen, Macron is just one of the World Economic Forum's political puppets, jumping to the hymn sheet of producer Klaus Schwab's Great Reset Opera. Of course, the funders and brains behind this great production remain hidden in a very spectre-like way, very secret behind the scenes, but not so secret in implementing their agenda. Finally, we have the end solution, which on the basis of saving the planet will further restrict your freedoms in the name of carbon neutrality. The Kissinger report of 1974 looked deeply into the population of the world. It set a maximum target of about 6 billion people, a target that we've already surpassed. On page 83 of the Kissinger report, it sets out some proposals we should fail to enact the population controls within this document. These protocols mention mandatory population controls and mandatory food control and distribution. The report was endorsed by the United Nations. 
Now food production has improved exponentially since 1974, so you'd think it wouldn't be a problem there. But the whole environmental planet-saving game is also now a financial behemoth of its own. Much like COVID though, it hides behind science, but only the narrative-approved kind. The environmental agenda is now the final large stick with which to enact depopulation. Think about what the vaccines are doing. Think what food control would do whilst enslaving the rest of humanity with social credit system. I am sure that some vast AI computer has already fed the future scenarios back to those with their fingers at the controls. It operates, I'm sure, on the GIGO principle of garbage in, garbage out. It was only just before COVID that many governments around the world declared a climate emergency, aided in their push for this declaration by their Extinction Rebellion and Greta Thunberg puppets. Sad, sad times, sadly manipulated by globalist propaganda. And yet nobody anywhere asked the pertinent question, what is the plan in a climate emergency? And what powers does this give to our governments? I wonder if our governments, in seeing that the future of humanity was at risk, something I personally believe is an absolute load of rubbish, decided that depopulation was the only answer. Were they then legally under emergency climate powers able to enact a depopulation plan with no fear of prosecution? Was the intention of saving a few over the many their only end game? I ask if the current vaccination campaign is their soft strike, aims to kill as many people as possible without looking like a genocide. No gas chambers around this time. Just an increase in heart failure, cancer, strokes, infertility and compromised immune response. If that was the plan, I'd say they have succeeded. Depopulation is indeed underway. For those of us that survived this maniacal destructive drive to destroy civilization as we know it, we will surely look back at 9-11 as the turning point in our lives. We are now rapidly approaching the dead end on the road which marks the cliff edge. Are we able to resist the powers now and stop the bus, turn it around and head back to the fork in the road where the globalists set up their diversion? With their militarised jackboots on the ground, robotics, drones and also 5G surveillance technology now in place, are we all now doomed to take the leap into the transhumanist metaverse? I ask, is there an escape lane off the highway where we can run into the hills and remain spiritual and free? One thing is clear to me, we are no longer free as things stand and the globalists are currently holding all the aces, regardless of our minor wins. Job losses are gonna mount up Universal basic income will be the carrot offered to take away your remaining freedom. I am sure this will only be paid if you accept the ID and the controls that come with it. Many will not have a free choice. 
Coercion is their biggest tool and they will use it as they have shown already with much success. Supporting others and forming community groups will be paramount to preventing these systems from gaining any kind of traction. There are, of course, other options available to us. The first of those is violent confrontation. And I think the globalists wanted that outcome right from the start. Think about it, it's much easier to meet violence with violence when you've got bigger guns. So far, that option has not played out. I think possibly to their dismay, as it could have helped reduce population even further. Never mind, they've still got the Ukraine conflict in reserve. It's just a matter of managing conflict spread. The second is peaceful resistance. But of course, this has resulted in those against the Great Reset taking a moral high ground, and it appears to have slowed the progress of the Great Reset. Whilst they still try to maintain an air of there being a functioning democracy, will it be enough to stop it altogether without an alternative plan being offered? I am glad that many who originally got vaccinated are now waking up and joining the ranks of the unvaccinated in recognising the games that are afoot. Time buys us more numbers in our ranks, but I am sure that once the globalists admit that democracy no longer exists and take gloves off, it's going to get very hard for everyone. Fear will continue to drive many and the apathy to resist that I see amongst the many will not counter it. I'm pretty sure that many will accept that their freedoms now lie in a future metaverse where they can go and be anyone they want to be and live their dreams virtually. Sadly, I think many will just follow that road, willingly plugging their brains into a virtual fix to escape what has become a difficult real life. And who can really blame them if real life is going to offer so little? The youth of today seem quite happy to be plugged in 24-7. And I've got to admit it myself, even I find myself spending way too much time watching videos and playing video games in a zombie-like state. And yet, when I can break free from the hold of the internet and its dopamine-fueled addictive qualities, I turn to my beliefs in the power of humanity and the power of humility. Although the immediate future does appear bleak, I know that by living a life based in truth and love, every action will have a reaction. And little by little, we can win this war. I suggest we all live in the present and act according to what is in our hearts. I'm pretty sure that a moment will come in the future when I myself am faced with a choice to stand by my principles. Uh, there's no going back at that point. I will stand against tyranny and suffer the personal consequences. As in all battles of history, there will be per uh, many personal battles with both losses and victories. But I don't think these globalists realise the strength of a man's convictions and his absolute resolve to fight back when the time demands it. Marie Antoinette will testify that fences and mocking laughter 
don't keep the wolves at bay forever. Justice, when it finally comes after tyranny is beaten, can be brutal. Human nature, when driven by a need for justice and truth, can be extremely destructive. Even though we stand as individuals in this fight, we are, through our shared battle, one and the same. So let us bring this great reset to a grinding halt by staying strong in spirit and conviction. These globalists are actually just a bunch of comedians. But ultimately, I, myself, I'll die for what I think is right. To protect the innocent rather than follow the selfish one-size-fits-the-few greedy plans of the globalist circus. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Toodaloo.